Welcome back to This Is That, where we bring biblical clarity to cultural chaos. That is what we do. I'm Steve Berger, and I'm so glad that you're joining us to hear the Word of God today and to let God's Spirit touch you. So what I want to do is hit pause in our current series that we've been in and talk about Christ in the Passover. Now here's the deal. There's so much teaching about the symbolism of Christ in the Passover and the Passover meal and I'm, I'm fine with all that stuff. It's, it's interesting, it's provocative, it's mysterious, but most of it isn't rooted really in the scripture as much as it is in Jewish tradition. And so what I wanna to do today is just go back, let's go back to the original passage where Passover is commanded by God to the Jewish people and what Passover is to look like. So it's in, we're gonna find it in Exodus chapter 12 in just a minute. But before we go there, let me give you some history because I find this interesting. So the great Jewish historian, Josephus Flavius, said that at the time of Christ, every single Passover, there were a quarter of a million lambs that were slain. Think about that. A quarter of a million lambs slain at Passover during the time of Jesus. Now, I know this is a bit graphic, but a quarter of a million lambs being slain, that is a lot of blood. But I want you to know this. All of that blood from all of those lambs doesn't in any way compare to the one drop of Jesus' blood that was shed for the sins of the entire world. Nothing compares to the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ in power and in purpose. So here you go. Remember that as we get into Exodus chapter 12. Now you can go and read this on your own, Exodus 12, 1 through 14 in detail, and you can even read beyond that, but uh, we're going to kind of stick within those first 14 verses. So Exodus 12 gives us interesting insight into the Passover and how it foreshadowed Jesus, the ultimate Lamb of God. In Exodus 12.3, we're going to start there. It says that on the 10th day of the month of Nisan, a lamb was to be brought into the household and it was to be inspected for four days to make sure that it was worthy of being sacrificed. Now, the symbolism starts right there already. Did you know, beloved, that Jesus, four days before he was to be sacrificed, entered into Jerusalem on what we call Palm Sunday now, or what used to be known as Lamb Sunday, or the Day of the Lamb. Four days before Jesus was sacrificed, he was inspected and tested by religious and governmental leaders, and then he was sacrificed on Nisan 14. So again, the symbolism is there and it's rich and we have to understand it. In verse five of Exodus chapter 12, it says that this lamb was to be without blemish. It needed to be perfect for sacrifice. It needed to fulfill a certain level of, of perfection. It was to be sacrificed whole, cook whole. It wasn't to be gutted and its, its um, innards to be taken out. Another interesting thing, and you have to drop down to Exodus 12, 46 to see this, was God told them, don't break any of the lamb's bones. Don't break its bones. Now, Jesus, beloved, again, as our lamb, 
Jesus was our perfect sacrifice, our sinless sacrifice, without spot, wrinkle, or blemish, or any such thing. So he fulfilled the requirement of of Exodus chapter 12. But beyond that, when we look at uh, Psalm 34, 20, it talks about the work of the Messiah and that not a single bone would be broken. Interestingly, when we get into the New Testament, John 19, 36, what does John record? John records that so that the scriptures might be fulfilled, none of Jesus' bones were broken. Again, Jesus, our Passover lamb, being the ultimate fulfillment of the Passover lamb from Exodus chapter 12. We move on. In verse 6, it says that on the 14th of Nisan, at twilight, you know, it's about 3 to 5 o'clock, that's when the sacrifice was to be made there um, originally there in Egypt, but from then on at the temple. When was Jesus sacrificed? The scripture says very specifically about 3 p.m. Matthew 27, 45 through 50, you can read it. And so again, Jesus, our lamb, fulfilling like really to the T exactly what the ancient sacrificial lambs were intended for. We get to verse 7. God instructed them to take the blood of the sacrificed lamb and to put that blood on the doorposts of their house. Now, when you think about the doorposts of the house, there are vertical doorposts and then there's a horizontal doorpost. And so if you can picture this in your mind, them taking the lentil branches, dipping it in the blood, and then doing the horizontal and then the vertical mark on the doorpost, what do you have when you have a horizontal and a vertical? You have a cross. Isn't that amazing? A cross of blood from the Lamb so that they would be passed over and delivered from death. What does Peter say in the New Testament? 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 19 says about Jesus' blood, that his precious blood was shed for us as of a lamb without blemish or spot. Again, the New Testament writers totally are picking up on Jesus being our Passover lamb, Jesus being our sacrificial lamb. He's called the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world, as we'll see in a minute. All right, back to Exodus chapter 12, verse 8. When they're eating the Passover meal, God tells them that you need to eat it with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. Now, what is leaven in the scripture? Leaven is sin. And so unleavened bread reminds them to reject sin, to get it out of their lives, out of their midst, and live holy lives. What's with the bitter herbs? The bitter herbs remind them of the bitterness of their slavery and bondage in Egypt. So again, this is a memorial. This is about remembering what God had done for them. That sin was to be taken out of their lives, leaven was to be removed, and that they were to be reminded of the bitterness of their slavery and bondage and how God delivered them. So, Jesus at Passover or at the Last Supper with unleavened bread tells us to do what? to remember him and all he did for us to deliver us from our 
bitter, broken, sinful past. Again, Jesus, the ultimate fulfillment, the ultimate expression of the Passover lamb. Exodus chapter 12, verse 11. I love this. This is, this is fun for me. This is exciting for me. God told him, I want you to eat the Passover with your belt on and your sandals on and your staff in your hand and eat with haste. Be in a hurry. Eat this quickly. Why? Why get ready to, to, for something quickly to happen? Why do they have to be so prepared? What does it tell us? It tells us this, that the Lamb of God came to set us free from sin and death the moment we give our lives to him. There is a transition that happens quickly when we say yes to the love of God that's found in the Lamb of God, Jesus. In John chapter 8, verse 32, what did Jesus say of himself? He said, you're going to know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And then in verse uh, 36 of John chapter 8, he goes on and he says what? He says that this freedom, this deliverance that's going to happen, it is going to be an indeed freedom. He who the Son sets free is free indeed. It happens. It happens quickly. It happens factually. It happens the moment we say yes to God's Passover lamb. I love that. Verses 12 through 14, then God explains to them that he was going to pass over them and deliver them from death when he saw the blood of the lamb in the shape of a cross over their doorposts. Again, God passes over them to deliver them from death because of the blood of the lamb. Now, I love what Jesus said. One of my favorite verses in all of the New Testament. John chapter 11, verses 25 and 26, Jesus said this. He said, I'm the resurrection and the life. Again, he's looking past what's going to happen to him on Passover uh, Friday, what we call Good Friday now, and he's looking forward to him being the resurrection and the life on Sunday. But here's what he said, I'm the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, yet shall he live. And he who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? You see, friends, because of the blood of Jesus and because of our faith in him, we have been delivered from death. Death has no part nor portion in the life of the believer. Death has lost its sting because we go from life to life in Christ. Death has been passed over us. It has no power over us anymore at all. I love that. Listen to me, friends. No wonder then, in John 1 when Jesus shows up to start his public ministry, what does John the Baptist say? He points to Jesus and he says, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Behold the Lamb of God. Look at him, consider him, understand what he's come to do. He's come to be the fulfillment of the Passover lamb. The fulfillment meaning this, that he's actually taking away the sins of the world and not just providing his blood that temporary covers the sin of the world. See, that's what the ancient Passover lambs did. They just provided a temporary covering for our sins. But Jesus, glory to God, 
comes as the Lamb of God to remove, to take away the sins of the world. And John the Baptist said, y'all, you need to behold. You need to understand and contemplate and meditate on who Jesus is, why he came, and what he's done for us. Now, one of the most beautiful passages to me in Scripture is Revelation chapter 5. It's this experience that John the Apostle is happening, is experiencing, and he's seeing the throne room of God. And there's this dramatic situation that happens where there's a scroll that's presented. And the scripture tells us that nobody was worthy to open the scroll or to loose its seals. And everything, everybody is weeping and crying and John is weeping. And then finally one of the angels stands up and says, John, you don't have to weep. For behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah was found worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals. And now we pick it up in verse 6 of Revelation chapter 5. Now check this out. John says, and I looked, and there's that word, and behold, in the midst of the throne and of the four living creatures and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as though it had been slain having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent out into all the earth. Then he, the lamb, came and took the scroll out of the right hand of him who sat on the throne. Now when he, the lamb, Jesus, had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before who? The lamb, each having a harp and golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals for you were slain and you've redeemed us to God by your blood out of every tribe and tongue and people and nation. And you've made us kings and priests to our God and we shall reign on the earth. John said, then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels around the throne, the living creatures and the elders, and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea, all that are in them, I heard them saying, blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb forever and ever. Then the four living creatures said, amen. And the 24 elders fell down and worshiped him who lives forever and ever. Beloved, if you want to behold Jesus, go back and read that passage in Revelation chapter 5. Look and see how John beheld the Lamb of God, how he understood the worth of the Lamb of God for what he did. He was slain. He, his blood was shed to redeem us or to purchase us out of slavery so that we could be kings and priests with God, so that we could reign on the earth, joint heirs with Christ for all of eternity. There's only one thing they can say when they behold Jesus, and that's worthy. You are worthy forever and ever and ever and ever. So beloved, on this Passover, on this Good Friday, I just want to encourage you, hey, behold Jesus. 
behold his worth, behold his value, remember who he is and what he's done for you, and let truth and not circumstances dictate your adoration and your worship of him. The final scripture I want to give you is in Revelation chapter 13, and John writes and says again, Revelation chapter 13, he said, I saw the lamb as though he had been slain from the foundations of the world. Friends, here's what you need to know about the Lamb of God. The Lamb of God wasn't some response that God came up with after being surprised that mankind sinned. No, in God's foreknowledge of mankind's sin and failure, God determined that he would give his one and only son whom he loved as a lamb who would be sacrificed so his blood could be shed so that sinful men could be redeemed and set free and brought back to the God who loved and created them. Jesus, as a lamb who was slain before the foundation of the world, is our Passover lamb. Let's behold him. Let's declare his worth in worship. And let's live lives that passionately follow the lamb of God. God bless you. Happy Passover. Happy, happy Good Friday. Sarah and I love you. We bless you in the name of Jesus, who is the Lamb of God. Have a fantastic weekend. Get ready. It's Friday now, but Sunday is indeed coming. God bless you. We'll see you soon.